Everybody, it's Fight Club Hubs. Welcome to another wonderful episode of GVN Live. Uh, with me is Emily, Keith, and Mr. Mark B. So, how's everybody been since the break? Doing all right. How are you? Doing fabulous. How about you, Keith? I'm doing pretty groovy. All right. And Emily, you're doing good? You did it again. You forgot to unmute. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. This is the first time I forgot to unmute. Thank you very much. You, you are the one the last that time. no, no, you that is not true. Because I had did. to remind you too. That is not true. Go You're just making stuff up now. I. <laughs> anyway, I believe I believe the 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 song goes. Why the fuck you lying? <laughs> yeah, like I don't remember that. You always seem to forget your mic. I just actually turned my mic off for once. I am doing well. I just got this game on my Switch. Sweet. Uh, I'll, I'll I think love... about whether or not I want to get it. Oh, you hey, look, get... Nick's back. Did you beat hey. Persona 5 then? I, we, are, we, are, we are weirdos. He's right. Well, right. I mean, <clears throat> if the shoe fits, absolutely wear it. All right. So, well, without further ado, I'm just going to get right to the chase. Uh, two things real quick before I hand it off to our host for the day. Uh, one, it is December, it is uh, May, and with that, it is now Disney Month for Game Jam. So, starting yeah. off this Wednesday, uh, I will be hosting Game Jam. It will be The Lion King with my guest, The Wife. And then after that, we will be playing uh, Aladdin the following week, which will hopefully be my guest, uh, Jason Finelli, who, has, who writes for uh, Sci-Fi Games. Uh, I still have an open date, and I still have a pull-up, I believe, for the following Wednesday, which is going to be one Donald game and one Mickey game. So I have four games of each that you can pick from the vote. Uh, I'm still looking for a guest for that night. Uh, the following week, we got Mr. Gamer Keith here, who's going to be joining yeah, me for a little bit of uh, probably... We're going to be doing two uh, events of this. We're going to have the Disney Afternoon. We're going to be doing this into two parts. The first will be Darkwing Dunk and maybe... A little tailspin. Dunk. I say dunk. Duck. Yes, you did. Darkwing donk. He's complimenting <laughs> the man's buttocks. <laughs> I mean, he did have a nice donk. Donk, I guess, for a duck. Oh but... my god. Yeah. Uh, I never. Uh, I don't. No, you know what? Donald has nice badonk donk. If you really think about it, I mean. Wait. Yeah. And then after that, we're going to be finishing it off with <laughs> Disney afternoon. I have my friend Andy coming up from Maryland, who will be doing a. Uh, a speed run for the original DuckTales, and then we're going to attempt uh, a tag team Chippendale race where it's going to be a team, uh, two teams, each pl playing uh, Rescue Rangers, uh, two-player mode, and it's a race to the finish. And the, the kick is if one player gets a game over, you have to start the game over. You cannot let the guy finish the game solo. Yep. That's going to be rem brutal. I remember that. Well, we couldn't get it to work because your laptop just... Couldn't handle I know. The awesomeness I, of I, I, once I once I get my uh, my PC, I will be well in the world again. All right. So, 
without further ado, of course, uh, let us hand it over. Because in the month of May, we're practically uh, only a few weeks away from celebrating our one-year anniversary here on, Ga- on GVN Live. Wow. And with that, year. we have three shows this month. And that with that, true. just like we did back in October, uh, where we had uh, three shows, we are going to give each and every one of you a chance to host and uh, draw the straws. Mark uh, one. So, Mr. Mark B. Writing, please take it away. Yeah, you just you just wanted to be lazy for a month. I know how it is. Yeah. That's pretty straight. much what it is. But... Damn straight. So, uh, let's start off with the standards. Uh, what have you all been playing? Uh, let's start with Mr. Robert here. Uh, I actually have been going back and forth between uh, Breath of the Wild, I Am Setsuna, and Poyo, Poyo Poyo Tetris, which is crack to me right now because that is a lot of fun, especially in two-player mode. I like the uh, the way they fuse Tetris and Poyo Poyo Pop uh, together. And uh, I bounced back into Terra a little bit. I tried picking up Revelation, which is a new MMO that's in closed beta, but mm, it's okay. So I picked up Terra again because they released a new Valkyrie class, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I get sucked into that game every several months. It's it's crack as well. So that's what I've been up to. It's a lot of fun. So. All right, sounds good. What about you, Mr. Keith? Well, I've been playing mostly The Legend of Zelda The Breath of the Wild. I am playing the ever-loving crap out of that game. I love that game so, so, so much. But since Except it he is... hasn't played in eight days. See, there you go. Damn. That's the judging right there. Damn. <laughs> wow. See, see I, have a I'm friends with Keith on the Switch, and I just called him out on this earlier because he's always like, I've been playing the hell out of this. Yeah, like a week ago. Listen, listen. I'm just kidding. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> judging or anything, but <laughs> friends don't call out friends. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> mine, mine, like yeah. There was definitely a bus in... that I just got thrown under. It's like, damn. Oh, I can see it coming out of nowhere. If Except make, the bus just came you, and ran your ass over. I got, I got Amazon Prime. I can order you. I can order you with free two day shipping a towel so you can wipe the tread marks off your back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes you feel better, there was a period of time where I didn't play on my Switch for two weeks. Well, if anything, you didn't let me finish, Emily. You just had I'm to cut sorry, me off I'm and sorry, call I'm me so, out, blow my squad I'm so, up. Okay, I'm so okay, sorry. Okay. Keith, but, go uh, ahead. Okay. Sorry, okay. Keith. Go ahead. But um, I was actually, uh, I was actually uh, playing some X-wing versus Tie Fighter because okay. it is May, and for whatever reason, whatever May the Fourth comes around, I really want to get into Star Wars games because it's like the merry old month of May. So to are say. we talking about the classic uh, X-wing versus Tie Fighters? On yes, PC? on PC. Yes, on PC. Um, I downloaded it. I got it part of um, a humble bundle, and it was just like all these really, really great old school games that I haven't gotten to play in a really long time. And it's like I actually have the physical copies of them, but I have to download drivers. Long story short, I'm fucking lazy. So I just downloaded those. Uh, I downloaded the games directly from uh, Steam, and it's awesome. So I've been playing those. <laughs> there now, damn. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> you can't top okay. Star Wars. Star Wars does take privilege at the beginning of May. Yeah. That is true. Because we are only a couple days away from May the 4th. And May the 4th be with you all. I suppose it's I suppose it's better than yesterday with the whole it's going to be May thing. Oh my god, it was everywhere I looked. Just pictures of Justin Timberlake and memes. It's going to be May. Uh, I do appreciate that he posted... 
on on Twitter. Hey, everybody, it's May. I do appreciate yeah. that he was in on the joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, a lot of yeah, a lot but... of a lot of people probably tweeted him. No, I think probably Blizzard was all like, "Here's some money. Just say this." <laughs> Maybe. I mean, like literally, they're rolling in it. So, like an extra, you know, ten thousand dollars in PR <laughs> is just like nothing to them. <laughs> I mean, it's fair, I suppose. Here's ten thousand dollars. Just say, "Hey, everyone, it's May." Okay. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Bring on the ten k, please. <laughs> and Pepsi would be like, "Please hold a can of our our soda while you say that." While we'll wearing a Nike we'll, hat. We'll give you another 20K. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't be any worse than Pepsi's been doing up to this point, let's be honest here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, alright, so... I don't remember, did I actually ask you what you were playing, Emily? No. I thought I didn't, but I was like, you know what, I don't want to, like, be that ask guy. it again and be stupid, so I was like, alright, so what have you been playing, Emily? <laughs> so... Recently, I decided to finally get Colleen, so I got Colleen in Street Fighter V, the one character I complained about that I wasn't sure whether or not I'd actually like her. And But nonetheless, I did actually buy her, and I do actually like her. Um, so there's that. I was checking out her for a little while and playing Street Fighter V for a little bit. And, of course, as I showed everybody, I got Mario Kart 8. So, on Friday, so I've been playing the hell out of that majority of this weekend. And I did play a little bit of Zelda again. So, Zelda, Mario Kart, Street Fighter Five. Mostly, I'm trying to, like, go back to other games I have right now because there's a shit ton of fighting games and stuff that are coming out in the next two months, three months, like Ultra Street Fighter 2 and Injustice 2 and Tekken 7 and ARMS, which is all coming out literally in like the next like two, three months. So like literally there's two next month, two the following month. And so don't forget about uh, Marvel in September. Yes, I did not forget about Marvel. Yes, basically (laughs) the reason I'm saying it like that is because the Crash Bandicoot trilogy is also coming out before the end of the year reboot, and I, pretty much all of like the like fifteen games I pre-ordered in the beginning of the month are like starting to come out like next month. So it's like I'm gonna have no money for the rest mm. of this year because it'll be spent all on games. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Mario Kart, Zelda. I did get Samurai Showdown on my Switch as well, so I was playing that and Binding of Isaac, and yeah. So you've been playing a lot of things. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> Pretty the only, much. The only, the only thing I've played outside of more Persona 5, again, um, has been... I played the Prey demo for a bit. How was that? And um, it's okay, I guess. I kind of feel like it's trying to do an open-world horror, which is not the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm not 100% on board with the concept that they're trying to do, but it's clear that they are trying to do some old-school Deus Ex slash System Shock-style systems within it. So, like, you'll approach things, and you'll have skills that will allow you to, you know, move objects in the environment, like refrigerators and filing cabinets and stuff like that. 
<clears throat> so it's it's clear that they are they are trying to do like an RPG ish systems bent to the game, which I'm fine with. I just don't find the actual core gameplay loop terribly exciting. The the monsters that they have like these monsters that are chameleons that are like these little tiny things that are the the core monsters you are going to encounter in the game by all indications. You can lump them up with a, a, a wrench or shoot them with a gun or whatever, and they're taken down in a couple of hits. The next enemies that you encounter are, like, kind of, like, fucked-up humanoid-looking things that I guess maybe are actual humans that have been converted into this or whatever. They don't really specify this early into the game. And they would seem like they would be your core, you know, combat enemies that you would deal with. And, yeah, they can they can ruin your shit in, like, three or four hits on the easiest difficulty. And I'm like, oh, so it's going to be this kind of game. Mm. And I'm just like, I I don't really feel like the game 100% works the way that I would want it to. Like, it's not a combat-style game. It seems more of a, like, you know, a run-and-hide-style game with weapons. And, um, like, I'm not 100% sure that I want to do that again so soon after Resident Evil 7, because I feel like Resident Evil 7 did a pretty good job of that. But, I mean, it's okay. I'd probably rent it. I don't know if I would pay money for it. But, you know, it's, it's alright. If you like horror, you might like it. Is it on PS... Is it on PlayStation? Yes. PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. The demos are available for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. PC does not get a demo. Is it available for the VR? I do not know. I don't think they made it VR compatible, but they might have. Alright, probably... I'll look it up. Uh, I'm gonna probably say no, but I could be wrong. <laughs> Well, they I'll might not it. find it that way, but I'll still check it out nonetheless. I was yeah, I mean, to say, if it I'll does have to have... check it out myself now. Yeah, I mean, if it does have VR, I would definitely, you know, I would definitely say check it out. Tell us what you oh, think. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I will. But, you know, what um, I'm actually surprised by is the fact that <laughs> that game actually got a demo. Nowadays, there aren't any games that do demos anymore. I mean, that kind of stopped at the beginning no. of the Xbox 360's lifespan. No, well, not really. I mean, there are still demos that come out every now and again. It's not nearly as much as it used to be, but going back to the conversation we had about how Bethesda is doing business, yeah. it does stand reason to them to release a demo to put their best foot forward, metaphorically speaking, uh, so that players can see this game, and if they like what they see, go out and buy it, since there aren't going to be any reviews day of release. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, I mean, I, I definitely respect. agree with that. It's just I just find it weird that, you know... Again, like the demos aren't as prevalent as they used to be, and and sometime during, like I was saying, like the demos kind of started leaning off uh, once the Xbox 360 and the PS3 came out. But somewhere around the middle of the the, the console's lifespan, developers decided, you know, we're going to release demos the day of the game's release. And I thought that was kind of stupid. I mean, uh, I don't feel like you're entirely wrong. Yo, yeah. I just I just checked it out real fast. I don't think it is on the VR. Mm, bummer. It looks like it. Look, well, I mean, honestly, it's coming out in four days, so I might just check it out to see if I want to buy it or not. On six yeah, I mean, if you, like, if you like first-person horror, I think it might be in your wheelhouse. I do, but not enough for. I like Resident Evil Seven. So yeah, would I, I feel like, so would I like it? I feel like it's a little more combat-centric, but not a lot oh, okay. more combat-centric. Okay. So. Eh. <laughs> for me that sucks. Like, okay, you guys so gracefully 
watched the one time I streamed Resident Evil 7. Could yes. I handle it? Could I handle it? I feel like it, it well. requires less puzzle solving, but okay. there's a lot more stuff around you to interact with. So, okay. All right. I mean, it might be easier without the VR, honestly. I would say, okay. like, you know, at least try the demo, see what you think of it. It's free. Right. So. That is true. Free is always nice. But moving on, uh, did you want to talk about the fighting game stuff? Because I know, uh, as you had said before we went live, Summer Jam is coming up. I mean, we don't have to do, like, the, like, intro no thing. No corner? Well, no, I'm saying you don't have to do, like, the intro or anything like that. But there's certainly things I can, I there's plenty I could talk about. Because I think since we did the show, we launched registration. Like, we launched registration a week ago, so yeah, we, we announced a bunch I, of stuff. Well, I thought early bird registration ends this week. It does. Early bird registration is only a week. So it ends tomorrow. Yeah, well, then there's no point in pointing it, in, uh, the, the, doing that, because all four of the people... You can still announce standard registration. Well, yeah, so it's, if I, I got to double check, but I'm pretty sure it goes up to 45 on Wednesday. It's 35 for early bird reg. It's been up for about a week. We have the event page launched as well. So all the information is on there. You just look up Summer Jam. Uh, it's Roman numerals XI, and you should be able to find it on Facebook with all the information there. Um, registration <coughs> will be via, we're using Smash GG this time around. So we are switching our registration platform. Um, so in order to register for that, you will have to make a Smash GG account, but it's really easy to make. It's not complex at all. So that'll be going up on Wednesday. We, as, well, I don't know if Keith actually mentioned this on, I don't think he mentioned this on stream, but sorry. I know no, I'm confusing you. You're like raising your eyebrows. Like what? Um, we also, my dog is behind my green screen at the second, so I'm like waiting for the imminent for this thing to fall on me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, we did. There's volunteer forms, so we did also release the form today. If you want to be a volunteer at Summer Jam, you can fill that out. That's online. That's also on the website. There's a link at the top on BiggieGaming.com's website that says "Join Our Team." Um, it is a Capcom Pro Tour ranking event. It is a part of the Dead or Alive 5 circuits. We Vampire Savior and um, Vampire Savior and Blaze Blue Central Fiction are both free entry with a $300 pop bonus. Poka Tournament has a $1,000 pop bonus. Uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend is our next Red Bull event. Um, Broad Street Battles. Texas Showdown, I believe, is this next weekend. Combo Breaker showing up. There's a lot. The FGC, there's a lot of big stuff happening. Um, DreamHack just happened this past weekend. I apologize. I wasn't prepared to do a whole FGC corner. So I'm literally just every time something fighting game related pops into my head, I'm saying it. That being said, because there was a debate about this online earlier. People were complaining that another DLC character wasn't announced supposedly. The next Street Fighter V DLC character will be Ed. And Ed. it hasn't... I say Ed. 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 It hasn't been confirmed by Capcom, but it was confirmed uh, by PlayStation Store. Because apparently, PlayStation Store leaked the third character by accident and include Ed in there, and then quickly removed it after people started noticing and posting it online and articles came out. 
Uh, Capcom is doing another online weird, but apparently they're doing an online beta test where you can test their new and improved online server or something like that that's coming up uh, next week, I think. Supposedly, when they do that, you will be able to play this mysterious, probably Ed, DLC character and check him out. Um, also, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite has a release date in September, which is sooner than a lot of people were thinking. So, I'm definitely excited for a new Marvel game. Injustice 2 comes out this month. Yes! So does Ultra Street Fighter 2 on the Switch. Yes, I can't wait for that. Uh, I'm definitely <laughs> so excited. Definitely gonna and get then that. Tekken 7, finally, in June, that is coming up. And I believe ARMS is in July? Or is that August? No, ARMS is in August. I think it's August. I think ARMS is in August. Um, uh, ARMS is hit or miss whether or not it's actually going to be popular. But It's going to be interesting, say I'm the least. St- I'm still going to get it. I have to. Hmm. That's that's pretty much it right now. There's a lot of FGC events going along, a lot of big it things. It says happen. June sixteenth. Oh, so wait, arms? arms? Yep, Nintendo's website. I guess they moved it up. I thought it was later. I swear, the last time I looked, because I was looking on. Yeah, it says June sixteenth. I guess they moved it up. All right, so I, so it's two fighting games in the month of June then, and two in the month of May. You get a little bit of break with fighting game. No, actually, they also announced recently that Unio, or Uniest, or whatever, the latest version of Unio is actually coming to PS4. So if you like Undernight and Birth, the latest version, that is also coming to PS4 in the future. It should be out, I think, actually before Summer Jam. So sometime in the next couple of months, it's coming out. <laughs> like yeah, I'm going to that. The original Unio game was broke as shit. <laughs> well, it was like fun, though. Is- it was insanely fun. Like I said, this isn't the original. So we actually did update it Summer Jam. Summer Jam's not going to have the latest version, and we're moving it to PS4. I might pick that up. I might consider playing Killer Instinct, too, at Summer Jam. I'm not sure. Depends on if I can get a Brook Converter for my uh, my uh, Hori Commander. You know, I would play Killer Instinct, but I love myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you know you'd get your ass beat. I'd play KI. I know I would get I... my ass beat because it's a terrible fucking game. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's actually, yes, it actually, Killer Instinct is not a bad game. The only reason it's doing it's, you know, kind of disappearing is because, well, it's Xbox on the won. Xbox. <laughs> and and instead of obviously, <coughs> because it's Microsoft and they have an exclusive deal with Microsoft, the most they could do is bring it to PC. They can't bring it anywhere else, unfortunately. So, well, it's a rare property, and they own rare, so it's not like they can license it out to anybody unless they pull a Sega yeah. and say, "Hey, claim, why don't you publish our shit somewhere else?" Well, I mean, that's part of the reason why it sucks because Xbox seemed to be like the dominant for fighting game tournaments and things like that, but unfortunately, the PlayStation Four did way better than Xbox One and is better, in my opinion. But that's coming from someone who doesn't like Xbox, so. I mean, I plan on getting KI once I get the PC, but I just have no intention of getting an Xbox. And I honestly think that's part of the reason why it hurt the community so much. Well, yeah, people are going to go. Most people are not going to invest in multiple platforms if they do not have to. 
and considering the and considering the majority of them are PlayStation Four, they're not gonna yeah. Right, PlayStation Four basically won this console cycle. It is what it is. <clears throat> absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So I'm sorry. Like, what was know, that, Rob? <laughs> no, I was coughing. Oh, okay. I'm not disagreeing whatsoever. I think PlayStation Sony kicks uh, Microsoft's ass hardcore. Oh, yeah, Microsoft, Microsoft, Microsoft did the same thing that Sony did with the PlayStation Three. Yep. They made a bunch of mistakes and assumed that people were going to follow them to their console because people had console loyalty, which has never in the history of ever been true. And they made the same mistake everybody else who's popular makes. They fucked up, and they, you know, the Xbox One tanked for it. You know, they'll probably bring it back around whenever the PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2, or whatever the fuck they're going to call it, mm-hmm. come back around again. Because Sony will make the same mistakes that they always make, because nobody ever learns anything. But the point is, is that the PlayStation 4 won. It's winning now, and there's no benefit to having an exclusive anything, but specifically an exclusive fighting game on the Xbox One, because it's, it's never going to go anywhere. It's not going to be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, that seems like it probably does our fighting game discussion for the day reasonably yeah, well. That, yes. Yeah, that was it. I tried to give as much information that I knew at this moment. Totally understandable. I figured you probably had a couple of things to to go into, so I wanted to give I'm you gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a whole lot more, actually, to say as the year goes on just because in the very beginning it's kind of difficult there's not a lot like in the first just a couple fighting game stuff but a lot of stuff picks up after march mm. plus we're getting a lot of new fighting games so that's another thing yeah yeah that helps between, too yeah between marvel versus capcom tech and seven you know updates to guilty gear undernight and birth etc and the never-ending train of updates to King of Fighters. This is going to be a disgusting year for fighting games, I'm sure. I mean, King of Fighters is actually surprisingly doing really well right now. Oh, yeah, I think they, I mentioned that before. Sh- they're, they're growing. They have a shitload rapidly. of DLC still. Mm-hmm. They're still growing. A couple, couple characters. But, but um, yeah, that's it. Okay. All right, so let us go into our first of two discussion topics for the evening. Uh, The first one was actually in a roundabout way, suggested by Mr. Keith, who had noticed that there was a new Resident Evil film coming out. Uh, Resident Evil Vendetta, was it? Yes, or something along to those lines. But also they're coming out with uh, new stuff for... um, They're actually coming out with a new Resident Evil game as well. Already? Yeah, and it had Leon in it. And um, damn, I forget what the name of the... um... I forget what the name of it was, but yeah, it was with Vendetta. That's pretty much what it was with. Resident Evil Vendetta, maybe? I don't tie in with the movie? Something along those lines. I just saw again, I saw that with uh, along with the uh the new movie. Is this is this is this game gonna be similar to like what the series was doing before where they had like those little like Resident Evil like games that they were kind of like just putting out there they weren't like full-blown like new ones that they came out on the ps3 i'm trying to remember it was like two of them like you could get special deals on them so they weren't like full-blown new ones but they were like smaller ones that they put out are to keep sh- people entertained are you sure you're not confusing it with the possible resident evil 2 remake that's supposed to be coming maybe that's what it was as well i forget but it was again the new movie was coming out and then i saw that they were bringing back that game or they were bringing back something i was like why why are they doing this i mean i don't understand this is saying resident evil vendetta digital and blu-ray dvd release date announced 
I don't. Is it a CGI movie? Like what they did? I, with I the, think. Uh, I think. I think it's a. It's a C. It's a CG animated film franchise. It's coming out on June nineteenth. I don't think it's another game. Oh, okay. So it just looks really, really good. As yeah, far as the, I uh, don't. I don't. From what I'm seeing here, it's a mystery science fiction film, an hour and fifty five minutes rated R. I don't think it's a. Yeah, I it's a new video game. Yep, just uh, Resident Evil Vendetta. That's what it was. Okay. But Keith had kind of mentioned that this was a a new film that was coming and (laughs) had kind of suggested the idea of discussing the Resident Evil films in general because it's tangentially related to video games in various capacities. So with that in mind, I feel like the first question I should probably ask just so we can get it out here is what is everybody's familiarity with the Resident Evil film series? Saw the first uh, two, and I stopped with... after that. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've seen several of them, including the latest one. Okay. Keith, you said also the first two, and you stopped? Yeah, because I just don't know. It was just not very appealing, and the fact that Paul W.S. Anderson gets to sleep with Mila Jovovich just upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, you know, we, we, can't, we can't be that mad about that guy trading up. Like, good for him, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All right, what about what about the CGI films? Because we've actually had three different CGI Resident Evils that have come out. There was Degeneration back in 2008 and Damnation in 2012. Excuse me, 2012. I did not see the CGI ones. I did uh, see the CGI ones. I saw some clips of Degeneration. That's it. Okay. Not the whole movie. <laughs> and I have to say, Degeneration wasn't actually that bad bad honestly well can I, also, can I also do a quick aside here um i just i i went to paul ws anderson's wikipedia page for funsies he's making a monster hunter movie oh god really why? really yep writer director uh why does god hate everything <laughs> hey it could be worse it could be ooey ball oh no i don't that feel just... like an, i don't feel like an uva ball monster hunter would actually be worse <laughs> at least i might enjoy that Kinda. I mean, he's so, not the best director in the world. <laughs> oh no, he's absolutely the worst director. I was, I was mm-hmm. being sarcastic. But that's that's why his movies are enjoyable. He he is bad in a very special way that few people are bad. Paul W. S. Anderson <laughs> is just eh, eh. And again, he gets to sleep with Milovich. It's just horrible. Listen, I can't be mad at the fact that he can sleep with a beautiful woman. I'm sure that she's annoying. You know, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <I'm sure laughs> no. Listen, listen. The, the, there's an old saying, and it goes: Think of the most beautiful person that you can think of. Somebody somewhere is tired of their shit. <laughs> All she I'm probably saying. snores at night. I could live with that, honestly. She's gorgeous. Swing. Uh-huh. Swing. Oh, Why don't you go back to the 90s with your lingo and watch Fifth Element a thousand times? Absolutely. Well, but anyway. I think, it's, I think it's safe to say that we have a general consensus that the Resident Evil films, whether they be the <clears throat> CGI version or the live-action version, are not the best films that could possibly exist. No, I no, that, no they're, they're not. Okay. They're they're okay. I've seen a couple of them, but they're not like you know. Well, here's my my thing. favorite on the list. 
Well, here's my thing with the movies or even with any video game movie in general is that there's literally already a story that you have here. I don't know why they have to make such horrible adaptations that go away from the mythos so much or they only pick like pieces apart of like the mythos that they could do or they would think would be exciting. It's like it's you have this whole grand universe that you could just literally take from already and just do something with it. Okay, so that's actually that actually is a part of why I'm not a big fan of the Resident Evil films is the first film is uninteresting in the sort of way that most Matrix inspired action movies from that time period were uninspired. <laughs> you know, it, it's a film with zombies in it where the most lethal thing in the first half of the movie is a laser grid. Like you know, you're you're not you're not going into that film for the Resident Evil experience, but none of the characters in that film were in any way, shape, or form tied into the Resident Evil movies or the games, I should say. So, if you had wanted to tell a different story, you could have done that, and it would have been totally fine. And then in the second movie, Nemesis is her boyfriend and like is helping her beat people up, mm. and like you know, other characters from the franchise are just hanging around being useless in front of Mila Jovovich's character, Alice. And it's, oh, so this is what we're doing. Mm. Your, Mary Sue, your Mary Sue is better than all of the characters in Resident Evil. Because, look, let's be clear. Resident Evil is, is a Mary Sue fantasy. Alice mm. is literally Mila Jovovich, Paul W.S. Anderson's literal wife, mm. who is the best at everything, <laughs> and is surrounded by all of the characters from the actual Resident Evil series who spend all of their time telling her how wonderful she is and how tragic her story is. Mm. It's literally a Mary Sue thing. Like, that's, that's not even a joke. It's... So, personally, I, I feel that, you know, Paul W.S. Anderson is, is deeply, deeply untalented as a writer and as a director. And... Mila Jovovich is attractive, and thank God for that, because she is deeply uninteresting as an actress. Except but, for Days of Confused. She was awesome in that movie. Again, well, Fifth Element also. She was decent uh, in that. True. Well, sure, but like that—that that is more of a case of the film <laughs> playing to the strengths of the actress rather than the actress playing to the strengths of the film. Very true, very yes. true. So... But the CGI movies, you would think, would be a better out, outlet for this sort of thing. Because these are controlled by Capcom. These are telling stories that Capcom wants to tell about the Resident Evil universe. And, um, I don't know. I've, I've seen the first one. It wasn't very good. Now, doesn't get, the generation uh, supposedly link into like is like a be in between movie between the Resident Evil five and six? I don't remember. Oh yeah, no, all the all of the CGI movies specifically exist between the other film or the other games in some capacity or another. Degeneration, I want to say, exists somewhere between Resident Evil four and five, or maybe five and six, but it's it's decidedly tied into the game canon and it, it also brought back both Leon and Claire I think it was kind of meant to capitalize on everything that Resident Evil 5 was doing in the universe it was creating while still keeping Leon relevant for his appearance in Resident Evil 6 kind of yeah 
I'm just trying to figure out where it landed in between the uh, the cannon, but it does not really give me a uh, clear definition of it. I want to say it was between four and five, um, just because of when it came out. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking as well. But again, I couldn't put because I, I actually thought degeneration was all right, but like you said, it could have been a lot better by all aspects. Your camera locked up, bro. Yeah, I was actually just sending a message saying that, asking <laughs> if his video. I literally just said, "Keith, is your video okay?" Okay. The only one with Hold the up. still image here is supposed to be Mark. <laughs> Not. We don't need two people doing that. Technically, Mark's image isn't completely still. Yeah, but now I just look like a creeper. So and ah, you still look like a creeper. <laughs> oh my god. I have no idea what the heck is going on, but as long as... Oh, it's because Exploit is uh, down, or needs to be rebooted. But, uh... Continue onwards. Alright, so... The first movie, I believe, takes place between 4 and 5. The second movie definitely leads into Part 6, because they, they even like had trailer stuff in it from Part 6. The third one, apparently, is supposed to take place between uh, 6 and 7. Which, okay. And it's, it's, these are films that are meant to flesh out elements of the franchise that aren't getting their own games necessarily. M mostly surrounding Leon for some reason. And it's just, I don't know, like, y you would think that with Capcom having the actual control to decide what they're going to have in these movies to advance the plot they want it to be, they want to present, that they would make a good piece of work and that so far doesn't seem to be the case either i mean this is part of the problem i feel like that we see <laughs> what it's just something what? nick said nick said that umbrella went after uh keith for trashing the movies oh, <laughs> yes. oh okay clearly they That's did funny yeah i mean i think this part of the problem that we see with the resident evil movies is similar to what we see with a lot of video games that are made into movies they try to it's like they deter too far away from like the actual storylines from the video games and i think that's part of the problem because people just want to see like it fleshed out instead of playing it you're watching it if you make a movie that's not close enough to the actual game itself around the characters that you love especially something with like resident evil which has had so many like Silent Hill, which has had so many movies, like, yes, I can, well, you're not saying anything, so I can't hear you, but. No, I just meant overall, but. Yes, yes. Yeah, we can hear you just fine. Yeah, okay. so I, I think that's, like, part of the problem. They're deterring too far away from the actual storylines and the atmosphere of the actual game with the movie because um, for example silent hill i actually thought that movie was very well done compared to the actual game sure they uh, uh, I, 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 do mean, I mean i mean after you're done i mean i like i said everybody has their own opinion about it but i think majority of movies i've seen that are made from mm. video games for the most part, I'm never fully satisfied with, and majority of people aren't fully satisfied with them. It's very hit or miss. I mean, Hitman just came out not that long ago, didn't it? And like, like no one yeah, heard about that, has, that. It's because it has Timothy all fantastic inside of it, and he's just a 
douche. Yeah. But I, I just... that My point is I just feel like the part of the problem with the Resident Evil movies is the same problem we see with the majority of other video games that are made into movies as well. They're uh, just not... They just don't feel like the actual video game. It's like... Uh, I feel like it's a balancing act. Like, I would agree with you that Silent Hill is probably the best video game movie That's what as a film. That's what I was trying to In get terms across, of its adaptation it, of the story, yes. Yes, that's what no, I was agree with that. say. No, I, I would disagree with that. The, I was you would disagree with it. I would say that it is the best possible adaptation it is the best possible video game movie you could create as a film. As an adaptation, it's shit. The best possible mm-hmm. video game movie as an adaptation is and will forever be Mortal Kombat. Really? Yes. I, yes. I just I, I agree with that. Right. Mortal Kombat is probably one of the I, best. However, I could um, see that. I would also argue Tomb Raider, but that's because at the time that the Tomb Raider film came out, there was not a lot of plot going on in the Tomb Raider universe, so it was Laura Croft raid tomb do good thing. And there was really yeah. very little you could fuck up there. Like, I'm not going to argue that Tomb Raider is any kind of high cinema, let's be clear. But as an adaptation of a video game, it is a film that is watchable while staying close enough to the source material. Hmm. But then every now and then you'll have, you know, a double dragon or a wing commander that, you know, screws all that up. Yeah, it's, it's I feel like I feel like the, the core problem is that it's a very hard balancing act between keeping your continuity in check while also presenting a product that people want to see. Uh, let's take, for example, Silent Hill. Silent Hill is a great movie, I would think. Not I an really amazing movie. It. It's, yeah, it's like somewhere between a 7 to an 8 out of 10, let's say, as a film. It has its problems, but every film, well, most films do. But as an adaptation, it's, you know, it, it changes a lot of the way Silent Hill works in egregious ways. It also borrows ideas. Like, if they're, they're sitting here trying to create a movie based on the first game, but they're also pulling ideas from games later in the franchise, and it, it, some of those ideas don't really work well, in my opinion. Like, they brought in Pyramid Head, which is really an embodiment of the main character from the second game, but so he doesn't exactly fit well in the universe that the first movie is, uh, you know, trying to but see, uh, create. I, but see, I like the fact that they did include him in there. Like, I like when they actually add elements of the game into the movie because I'm invested so much in a game that I want to be able to relive it a little bit more in the yeah, movie. But here's the thing with that, and that was kind of piggybacking off of what I had to say, is that they kind of had an amazing canon really going on already for it, but I agree with you as far as bringing... They kind of did fan service is what they did, is that, mm-hmm. oh, this is a Silent Hill movie. Oh, we really have to show like this particular thing because that's really what got the the audience going for the video game was things like Pyramid Head and whatnot for it. But again, you have such great source material. I don't know how you cannot adapt it from there. But see, that's the that see. Okay, and I'm only bringing this up because I realize it's mostly about Resident Evil, but I guess we're kind of talking about video games being made into movies in general. Mm-hmm. The thing is, one of my favorite. Video game franchise franchises, and it's it pains me because I have no idea how the how they're gonna do with this movie. But I really want it to succeed. Is God of War? So God of War is being made into a movie, and you can't get much information on it except on IMDb Pro right now. And I only know that because I have IMDb Pro, and I'm noticing that more and more 
I'm seeing more and more video games being developed into movies. So, I guess. But Mark, a lot of those you, might not make it well, out, though. Well, here's the thing, and I wanna, I wanna ask Mark: Is it okay if I pose a question? Sure. Okay. So my question is, because more and more we're starting to see, like I even think they're doing another uh, fighting game one that's supposed that's in development again too. I think they're trying with Mortal Kombat again, but I have to check. I. My question is, what can they do? What do you guys think they can do right? Because we're talking about the things that are wrong. They just can't quite get it right. And they keep trying. I will give the film industry props. They keep trying to make video game <laughs> franchises into movies over and over again. It's the same thing with superheroes because video games are becoming popular and comics are popular. It's just... Okay. Nothing, pretty much. But so that's my question. What do you think they can do to actually improve? Like, because um, for me, God of War. Like, I mean, I want that to actually succeed. That's one of my favorites. So, but at the same time, if they destroy it, it's going to be super disappointing. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Like, let's establish a baseline. I would. Let's establish a baseline before we go into this. It's very difficult to make a video game movie. There, there have been very few true successes. You kind of have to stay just close enough to canon without going too far into canon or too far away from it. If you go too far away from it, you get Street Fighter the movie or Super Mario Brothers. If you stay too close to it, you get the Hitman movies. I think it's safe to say here that nobody here, unless it's ironically, likes the Street Fighter movie or Super Mario Brothers, or the Hitman movies. Is that is that a safe assessment? There's some kind of comedic charm to them. That's about it. Right. Okay. So with that in mind, I think we kind of have to start from the example of you can't go full canon, but you can't fuck the canon either. Um, in my opinion, one of the things I think game developers can do, or uh, movie, devel movie studios can do is to work with the game developers. I'm not saying, like, go full on, but, like, have somebody, like, from the studio in on with, like, the writing of the story and the creation of, like, the the, the movie's canon and lore and stuff like that. I mean, if you want to talk about going full in on, like, the movie's lore, on the game's lore, I mean, just look at World, uh, look at the Warcraft movie. I mean, that was pretty much... So, that had Blizzard's hands all over it, so and it was just a mediocre game. But then you got it. But then, like again, you got the games like uh, movies that, uh, like the Double Dragon games, where they just took the idea of hey, two guys and two guys in the in a rough, <laughs> tough neighborhood, just going around beating people up. It it didn't work. Well, so. no, but for you were you mentioned something. You mentioned the idea of having like kind of one of the writers, like original <laughs> writers of the games, like being involved in things like that. And that's the thing about God of War. There's there's not a lot of information on it right now. But the guy who wrote majority of all the storylines and all the video games is the main producer right now and for the movie. But then the only other information you have are the writers. Now, the writers that are writing the screenplay, they wrote the Saw movies. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't Listen, I so, movie so, doing well. So, that is not a good fit. That is not a good fit. It's not a good fit. I'm just, I'm just stating it. But the guy is the, the guy that wrote them all is producing it. So I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know, I, I have my doubts. So you were bringing up, oh, but they might. Well, is 
Let me rephrase this. <laughs> Do you think the movie, though, <coughs> would stand a chance given the fact that the person who's producing it is directly the one who wrote the characters and all the storylines and majority of all the God of Wars? Well, here's the thing I have with God of War in particular. The first, the first game is interesting. Every other game after that goes way off the rails narratively, and Kratos really just stops being a character I can particularly relate to or yeah. like. Tragic the first character. Story, the first story is a really good tragic character tale where he ultimately sees redemption and everything goes great. Everything after that is this perverse revenge porn where Kratos as a character is just <laughs> a dick. He's just a dick, and he's just doing awful things to further his revenge. He's not a likable character, and he's not an interesting character. If you're going by the virtue of the first game, I think you have a great movie. If you're going by the virtue of the later games, uh, oh, they're shit shows. Yeah, like, that, that 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 without the gameplay, that game that that story is fucking terrible. Well, which particular one are you referring to? Any of them, literally any of them, except well, maybe the PSP game. Maybe the PSP game also. The first game and the PSP game would probably be fine. the The second and the third game, no, fuck them. So. <laughs> I was even thinking of Ascension. I mean, Ascension was Ascent, Ascension, I was going to say... I was going to just bring up Ascension. I mean, I, I'm a little biased. I liked a lot of the other ones, but... I would probably have to say Ascension was kind of meh. Total meh. I wasn't really... And I have every single God of War game. So do Ascension, I. And Ascension was meh for me. Yeah, I have Pandora's box. I mean, honestly, I love God of War, but like you said, is that Ascension was just eh. I just feel like they keep doing it wrong. Like, why would you get... Now, I get it. There's, I guess there's some horror elements to God of War, but it's really primarily, like, action and fantasy. There's not really a lot of, like... Sure, it's gory, but there's not... You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's not like, you know, Hatchet or Saul. It's a completely different... And yet... The collector, the collection, saw, hatchet, one, two, three, whatever. Those are the guys that are writing it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know 100 percent how I feel about that. Like, those aren't the directors; those are just bit. the guys that are writing the screenplay. And I'm just not exactly. Yeah, so it's it's. All right, so bringing that back into the core thing, it's using God of War as an example. We can see that you know it's hard. It would be yes. it would be hard to get the right tools in place. So I think you can actually kind of retroactively apply that in a certain extent to the Resident Evil discussion. I feel like the Resident Evil films just veer wildly off canon, obviously. Like Paul W. S. Anderson, as I said, is 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 just deeply, deeply untalented. And it's just, it's just making it's just making a vehicle for his wife to you know Mary Sue her way around the Resident Evil universe. It's it's clearly making money, paid. and you know she's getting paid, he's getting paid, whatever. Conversely, <laughs> I feel like the Capcom films kind of adhere way too stringently to the continuity, and they assume that you know everything that's going on. And I feel like part of that problem, obviously, is Capcom is not good at writing just 
in general. But even if they were, it's it, it's sort of like watching Final Fan like the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. You know, like these are films that are being made exclusively for the people who like this franchise. Yes. If you show Advent Children to somebody who is not a fan of Final Fantasy VII, their entire response is going to be, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" <laughs> What the fuck's going on? Who's this? Who's this emo kid with the big sword? So it's it's, and I feel like in general that's actually a good lesson that you can apply to all video game movies. From from what we've talked about here, it's like you can't you can't make a movie just for the fans because at the end result you're going to get the CGI Resident Evil movies or you're going to get um, you know Advent Children, a movie that is utterly impenetrable if you are not a fan of the. 6, 10, 12, 20, 50, 100 hour game that you're playing. But if you go too far in the other direction, you, you make a thing that, you know, even if it's profitable, n- nobody really likes it. Mm. Yeah. Nobody has to be like, oh, I have to go see that. I mean, as much what's... I mean, well, the I mean, first two Resident Evil game, the movies, I mean, they were... What didn't work for me, to be truthfully honest, was just the fact that they took too many of the core elements of the like the early games out, like the the the, the horror aspect of the game, the survival you know aspect of. I mean, it granted, didn't feel it doesn't it did feel, not feel like, like Resident, Resident Evil. Evil to me. Yeah, it does not feel to Resident Evil it to felt me like when we were I watched watching that. a zombified version of Aliens. Yeah, that's what yeah. it felt like. I, I mean, I it's like I maybe James it, Paul W S Anderson feels like James Cameron wannabe light. But see, that's why movies no. like Silent Hill. <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but that's why movies like Silent Hill worked enough for me to be invested and watch it because it had enough elements of the game that I felt okay. That's close enough to it that I can, you know. Sure, it's not the best adaptation. There's definitely been better adaptations out there, but it felt the most like Silent Hill to me. Speaking of which, while I'm out telling. While I'm telling you guys about new movies, you do know they're making another Silent Hill movie, right? Are they? It's fine by me. They are. I mean, Konami's not doing anything with it at this point. But the thing thing is... Yeah, really. Yeah, really. Exactly. (laughs) The thing is, when do you you stop, though? When do you stop? Like, Resident Evil... You run out of this. You thought Resident Evil would stop, but nope. There's another one coming out like a year later. Yeah, they were talking about this being the end of the Alice saga. I'm not even sure I believe that, but whatever. Uh, They may just reboot it. Who even knows? But, yeah, like, I mean, when do you stop, I think, is an entirely separate conversation. (laughs) I'll just say, it doesn't seem like they're ever going to stop trying. No, they're not. They're absolutely not. And I can't fault them for that if it's making money. Yeah. Um, Bouncing back, how many Saw movies have they made now? I think there's Uh, only supposed to be a total of, but there's only supposed to be a total of eight, I think. I don't think they're making any more. They, they keep be. saying that, they and then they saying. keep announcing more of them. So we'll that's see. That's true. That's that's true. That's true. I would I would say, personally, at the end of the day, I think it's it's you know I, I agree with Emily's assessment on this that Silent Hill has enough of an understanding of its source material such that even though it is not accurate to its source material, it does enough of a good job that it's intelligible as a Silent Hill movie while also still being enjoyable. I would still argue that Mortal Kombat is the best possible example of a video game movie that stands up well in adaptation, but that that may be because Mortal Kombat as a franchise 
had at the time virtually nothing to it. And that, you know, if you Very were to attempt plot, to, to be Kombat, yeah, if you were to attempt to make a Mortal Kombat movie now, it would probably be uh, a complete intel unintelligible fucking mess. Oh, but <laughs> but then again, on the alternative comparison, we also look at what they did to Street Fighter and Jesus Christ. So <laughs> you guess, do you do realize, Azures, you do realize that I wasn't kidding. They are making another Mortal Kombat movie, yeah, right? This it's one's in development. To be rated R or something. They've like been that. talking about that a couple of times now, and I if if they can do it, <laughs> God fucking God fucking bless them. They have a director for it now. Oh. But does anybody else have any final thoughts they would like to add to this discussion? I think that Emily kind of brought it up of that. I don't think they're really necessarily thinking of that. Oh, should we making? Should we continue making these movies because uh, not really too too popular? But uh, why are they making these movies? Should be the more posing question. Yeah, I kind of agree with the, uh, Emily's assessment about the franchise and, you know, all that's going on with video game movies. Uh, when it comes to, like, you know, trying to do a video game movie the right way, whether it's veering off from the source material and doing your own thing or even following the source material, you, you don't know if it's going to succeed. It's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, it's it's tough. It I is. mean, that that's just, that's just kind of my opinion. I just kind of always feel like they... <laughs> they just don't quite get it right. Like I said, the only reason I use Silent Hill as an example is because I felt they used enough from the game that made me feel like, oh, okay, Silent Hill. But, mm -hmm. you know. No, I agree. I agree, definitely. All right. With that in mind, let us move on to our other topic for the evening. Which is a completely different topic. <laughs> and now for something completely different. It's... <laughs> but, so... As, as we've discussed in bits and pieces, uh, I've been getting more and more into board games, just in general. And, you know, I've been having board game nights. We've had people over. We just had a board game night on Saturday, as a matter of fact. Um, and I've been, you know, experimenting with more complicated board games beyond the stuff that we grew up with. You know, which, unless your childhood was really interesting, was probably games like, you know, Monopoly, Clue. Parcheesi, stuff like that. And, you know, I've been delving into things like, you know, Fury of Dracula or, uh, you know, um, Cthulhu Wars or uh, A Study in Emerald, you know, things like that. And it's, it's one thing I've kind of noticed is that I love a lot of the board games that I'm playing to various different degrees, but you don't really see a lot of digital interpretations of these games. And it kind of occurred to me when thinking about that, we don't really see a lot of board games in general anymore. Like, when we were kids, maybe? But, in this point, like, you're basically just going to see, you know, the occasional Hasbro fun pack that gets released on live services or what have you. And that's, that's kind of it. And conversely, like, you would think that video games would also allow for counter-programming, like, to be to be converted into board games and whatnot, because board games are getting bigger than they ever have. And that's not really a market that a lot of people are exploring either. And I kind of wanted to talk about why that is. So, let's start with the obvious conversation. Why, outside of 
you know, the, the Hasbro party packs that have, like, you know, games for the whole family to sit around <laughs> with, or Mario Party, why aren't we seeing board games on consoles? Uh, my personal opinion, I mean, it's just a matter of, I guess, licensing combined with just the fact that a lot of the games that they have attempted to try and release in video game form just didn't really pat out or work out well. It just became like shuffleware. I mean, they did a lot of they they tried a few of that stuff with the uh, on the Wii back when like people were just you know spitting as much crap out as possible. I mean, you definitely had your digital versions of Monopoly, and I think there was a game of uh, the game of Life. Um, yes, there life was, was also there, yeah. <clears throat> there's also I think on Xbox Live Arcade there was a was a Catan. Uh, got, I, I think I pro- mispronounced that. You said it earlier. Settlers uh, of Catan. Settlers yes. of Catan, yeah. Uh, got a video game conversion to it as well, and that surprisingly was uh, well done. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, you, you, you have Mario Party. It's a stupid, simple, fun game that you can pick up and play, well, whereas everything else is a little bit more in-depth. Well, okay. So my opinion on this is this. I think it has everything to do with society and what's popular now compared to what was popular then and technology becoming more advanced so mark you brought up the fact that when we were younger and i'm gonna say in the 90s because i grew up in the 90s board games they were very popular (laughs) They, they are but they were primarily popular when we were kids when we were growing up in the 90s and this is before technology started evolving and you know, video games became more advanced and film, technology, everything. So at this time, it was board games. And so even as everything advanced, you will see that a lot of the PC, like, card games, like Hoyle, had, like, some of those great, like, card games for the PC um, and other Sierra video made games. a bunch of good games for that as well. But you see a lot of that primarily popular in the 90s that's as board games got less popular and technology evolved you saw less and less you don't see a lot in the 2000s but if you go back and look from like the late 80s all the way into the 2000s you'll see that primarily majority of the ones that were made came out in that time frame they just weren't popular anymore after that i mean i have a game on my 3ds it's like a card game thing that I got it was cheap and like it's okay but I play it occasionally it's not something that I'm like oh I have to have this so um you know I think that's like the biggest one of the biggest issues why you don't see it it's board games aren't popular it's all I would actually argue that that is incorrect that's incorrect on two points the first point is board like traditional traditional video game among traditional board society? Games. Yes, yes, actually, I would argue that's incorrect. And give me a second, okay. I will I will qualify that. The first okay. point is board games in general are more popular than they ever were. Uh, just in general. Um, now, your traditional board games, like Monopoly, Guess Who, things like that, maybe not See, so that's much. What I, that's what I'm referring to. Sure. I'm not referring to the newer ones. The newer ones, I could argue along with you. But I'm referring to, like, Scrabble. Like, a lot of the older Oops. popular games that we played as kids that you don't see anymore. Sure, and a lot of those games are still getting, like, their occasional releases. Like, if you go on Steam, there's a Hasbro pack where Monopoly is a part of it. You know, Clue is a part of it, stuff like that. Um, Risk has a version, but it's only the most popular games. 
like you know Yahtzee, Parcheesi, stuff like that. Yeah, I would I would agree. There's there's a limited market for those because as a board game, there's a limited market for those. Board games are starting to become more of a mainstream thing in general. But see, are you talking about? I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. You're talking about like the fantasy type board games, though, right? I'm talking about all kinds of board games outside okay. of pen and paper RPGs. Like, okay. I don't want to talk about D&D or White Wolf or anything like that, but I do want to talk about, like, you know, the stuff you see on Will Wheaton's Tabletop or on Geek and Sundry's channel in general, for example. Like, the stuff that we're starting to see getting more notable. Board games in general can encompass a wide amount of different things, though. And Mario Party, Mario Party, you know, is a thing that has consistently been a popular game for Nintendo. The Hasbro mm -hmm. packs generally make their money. And when companies do occasionally try to get into making video game versions of popular tabletop games, uh, for example, Blood Bowl, Space Hulk, those games generally do make their money back, and then some, enough on, in many cases to justify sequels. I'm like, it's just to me, it's interesting that we're not seeing more of a push to get those out there. Because, like, I mean, Tabletop Simulator is a thing that exists, and people are making modules based on popular board games that you can play on Tabletop Simulator. And, I did and, not you know, know that. Yeah, it, it's, it's not the most friendly way of playing the games. Tabletop Simulator is a little wonky. But it's a thing, and people, you know, a shitload of people have bought Tabletop Simulator. Like, I just find it confusing that more companies aren't trying to cash in on that popularity Especially considering that, you know, when those games do come out, they sell. Okay, but how much are they selling? Like, you, you probably know a little bit more about this than I do. So, because I don't play a lot of tabletop games anymore, at least not the way I did when I was younger. So, I have a point, but I just, how much do you theoretically think they're selling? Um, I don't have well, an exact number, obviously, but... Well, Tabletop Simulator is selling for like 20 estimate. bucks. No, I mean like how many to how many people, like total number, rough estimate. It would depend, um, but I would say, based on the fact that the games are getting sequels, they're they're selling beyond their means. Like they're selling to a level that justifies the the investment from the parent company. If I had to venture a guess, um, less than a million, but more than a hundred thousand. But see, that's in today's video game standards. You know, you want more than that. Sure. You want a you want a big market. I mean, majority of these games, like Super Mario Kart Eight, like that probably, like okay, maybe that's not a good example. Zelda. Zelda definitely has sold at this point over a billion copies. The new one. So a lot of these newer games that are coming out, they have a huge market that they're aiming for. That they're trying to get to these players. If you don't have like. <clears throat> that huge market and you're saying less than a million or more than over a hundred thousand that's not good enough for a lot of these video game developers oh sure but i'm not i'm not arguing like triple a necessarily like i mean any video game developer because again like you know space hulk isn't being developed by triple a developers uh battle bowl isn't being developed by triple a developers i just i find it interesting that you're not seeing like a smaller developer jumping in and trying to say you know what I'll make a video game version of Tokaido or Fury of Dracula or, um, um, you know, Cards Against Humanity, for Christ's <clears throat> sake. I got a question. 
can we? That would we, be awesome. Do we consider, and especially if they could add a multiplayer aspect to it? That would be awesome. Sorry. Do we? Uh, do we consider game like tabletop games uh, along with board games like, let's say, the Warhammer or War Machine stuff? Nah. Would you? Warhammer. Well, games that are based off of the Warhammer universe, like Space Hulk and Assassinorium, yes. Warhammer itself, that goes into a specific kind of tabletop that is closer to pen and paper RPGs. Okay. Um, the yeah. amount of financial investment required, I would say, probably not. All right. Well, in that case, what I had in my head will just go out the window. Though I do I do appreciate the, the core intent, which is why don't they just make a fucking Warhammer game? And they have, actually. They have. I, I mean, multiple like Warhammer that. games. But it's, it's the core thing is, is that... Those are games based in that universe, but they're not like, you know, like they're RTSs and first person shooters and shit. So it's it's like it's it's more we like the idea of what you're doing, but not necessarily the thing that you're doing. Though all right. I remember reading about it before, so I just figured I would give you the article. <laughs> but um if anything, if I could say, uh with the tabletop games, I think that not so much that they're not popular, they're very, very popular, as you were saying, Mark, with especially with like Geek and Sundries, with Will Wheaton, Felicia Day, all them. So pretty much I think that it's not a question of that, but I think that it's also that it's a very, very niche audience. So you're trying to appeal to this niche audience that while it's big, but I think that they like more so of the social aspect of being able to sit around and actually have something more so physical or something like that. And I don't really think they've refined it enough to they could add in those multiplayer aspects and try to keep it like that. But I think it would be awesome if they could, like you said, with Cards Against Humanity. How awesome would that be? So that way you don't have to drive someplace. But again, I think they're appealing to more of a niche market, those uh, board games, for it, and people like actually going out and playing. But see, that's that's what I was saying. It's not that I don't think it wouldn't be popular among those who play board games, but I know, and I'm not necessarily saying that this is you, Mark, because I know that there's a wide variety of different people out there, but I know people that don't play video games that love board games. And they'll go to board game events, and they'll have these elaborate <coughs> board game parties, um, but they don't care about video games. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult to make... A video game of a board game when half of your audience doesn't care for video games they well, just want to play the board games that's true to a point but there are there are benefits a lot of my friends as an example do not live in a geographically desirable location to play a tabletop game it's true so if i want to introduce people to the idea of a board game that i like but they're outside of the area my options are kind of limited you're going back to Tabletop Simulator. And at that point, there's definitely an opportunity there where if you have friends who are in different states or even different countries, you can potentially play a tabletop game with them, which as more of us are finding that we have a lot of more friends online than we do locally, you know, it, it makes it easier to organize those kind of events. Like, I have tabletop nights, and we can get, you know, six, seven, eight physical people here, but, you know, I'm asking Rob to drive half an hour, 45 minutes one way. I'm asking Keith to drive half an hour, 45 minutes one way. I'm asking, you know, like, others of my friends to drive, like, half an hour one way 
just to come and hang out for a few hours. It's great. I love it. But it means that we can only do it sporadically because it's not reasonable to ask people to make that kind of a trip every week or whatever. So it's. I feel like there's definitely a market for people who love the idea of tabletop, even if you're not a video game fan, who just have friends who are geographically disparate from one another who might want to join in on a game. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I would love the idea of board games being made into games. I mean, I always found it easier to... <laughs> it, it is easier to play people online than it is to be there in person. Because like you said, travel. I mean... Yeah. Plus, again, I like don't have to wear pants if I'm playing board games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, because, like, no, I mean, this is this is a good example. Because, for example, the one time I did Rob's uh, game jam show, it was difficult for me because it would have been easier if I could be there. But he lives almost an hour away, and with the way my schedule was... I just couldn't drive all the way out there, do it that late, drive all the way back. It would be after 1 a.m. by the time I got home and I'd work in the morning. It was way easier for me to just do it from here. But then that posed a problem as well because my stuff is in a, like my laptop. There were problems with it and we ended up playing fighting games on the PS4 because my laptop just wasn't connecting to the internet right. So applying that to board games yeah a lot of people live far away so if you want to play games with people your right, options I mean, like, it would are be, limitless board game wise yeah i mean it would be it would be easier to incorporate people who have difficult lifestyles like you know your life is very challenging at this point with all of the different work that you're doing so it's it's not necessarily feasible for us to be like hey emily come play board games but if it was I would. a digital <laughs> I would if I could. Right, exactly. That's that's the point that I'm making here. Like having those options available would be great. Having a digital version of Tokaido or Cards Against Humanity. And as an aside, the thing that you linked, they actually decommissioned it already. What? Are you serious? <laughs> yep, they already he couldn't afford hosting fees anymore. He took it offline. Oh, oh well. That sucks. Sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> that's cool. But like, you know, having that ability to play, you know, Betrayal at House on the Hill or whatever with your friends anywhere would be great. And it's <laughs> another thing to keep in mind is look at the games that we do see that get released digitally. And I'm not just talking Mario Party here. Look at Yu-Gi-Oh! Look at um, Magic the Gathering. Hmm. You know, those games make bank. They, may, they sell millions of copies. And yeah, they're based off of, you know, collectible card games, but a lot of the big selling point is I can play people around the world. And, I mean, hell, <clears throat> fighting games saw something of a renaissance due in part to online play, and board games don't have, you know, the issue of worrying about stuff like frame delays and shit. Like, you can, turns can be completely asynchronous, and it doesn't fucking matter, you know? It's, I definitely feel like there's a market there that there just isn't being tapped. And I feel like the, the, the converse is true. I feel like we could probably do more with video games being transitioned into board games and while I think we've seen a couple of those pop up more recently like that's that's a decidedly dead space in the board gaming world like most recently they have um, an XCOM game which works off of a combination <coughs> tablet app and board game where you, you basically can play with even as little as one player 
to simulate the experience of doing XCOM in a tabletop setting. And it's fine. You know, it's, it's about as good as you could conceivably do this. I haven't personally invested financially in it yet, but it looks neat, and I, I've been excited about it. But, like, you know, you could do a tabletop, like, Fire Emblem game, for example. Yeah, there's a lot of games, I think, that might have potential to be a tabletop game, but, uh, hell, I think uh, StarCraft could convert, like, you know, to a tabletop game, to be truthfully honest. It is. Oh, they yeah, they made, made of risk. they made a version of Risk based around oh, okay. Oh, yeah, you mentioned they that did, earlier, actually. That's they, why did, uh, they did a Resident Evil one. They did a Gears of War board game. I like Legend of Zelda Clue the best. It's all like, so clearly Ganondorf has to be the guilty party in all of this uh, nonsense. Mm, Listen, Link somebody. He breaks everyone's pots. <laughs> <laughs> Very not. true. Very true. But oh, wow. Board games they, are getting spotted into other people's games. They even did Bioshock Infinite, really? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, what about... I don't. I sent. I sent a link. Batman: Arkham City. How did? How did they make that into? Okay. Now, sorry, I was just curious. So, so if there were actually ones being into board, but okay. I got a question, actually, Mark. Here, okay, uh, Mark. So we got. Obviously, you said board games are a lot more popular now than they were back then. So does that bold well for a lot of the games that are being done through Kickstarter? Like I think you said, uh, uh, one of the ones we played um, at your house about a month or two ago was uh, one that was kickstarted. Uh, that spy game, I believe you're t- we were playing. If you remember what it was called, are you talking about the Resistance or Secret Hitler? Uh, Resistance. I don't know about his Secret Hitler. <laughs> Secret Hitler is fun, I will say, and it's de- and it uh, does have an app that has uh, Will Wheaton on it. So there you go. Yeah, I um I do not I do not I believe the uh, the one was kickstarted. Yes, um, but yeah, like Kickstarter is becoming more and more of a thing. I think for a bunch of these board games, yes. But oh yeah, like um I funded the Dark Souls Kickstarter for the board game mm-hmm. as an example. But do you think like say outside of once they once they start shipping out to all their backers and they have let's say enough leftover funds to maybe start sending these out to let's say specialty stores or a GameStop or whatever do you think they'll be able to catch on and sell better or do you think it's a uphill battle for some of these uh newer board games that actually goes along with the topic i was just going to bring up so you know i was looking a little bit at some of the top board games in the last like year or two two years that were based on video games and the thing is a lot of them look really elaborate like mm-hmm. and i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying there's a lot of pieces there's a lot of stuff involved a lot of rules and one could argue it's a lot easier to just get a disc and put it in and play the game than it is to <laughs> pull out this board game and pull out all these pieces and put it together fair point mm-hmm. so that might be another reason why it's difficult for them to market a lot of these board games and you don't hear about it very much because it's a lot easier for someone to, you know, for example, let's see, Doom. Well, it's a lot easier for somebody to just put a Doom CD in and play Doom than it is to play the very elaborate millions of pieces I'm seeing right here in a picture. What about yeah, the like elaborate there's, there's, there's... Super Mario Brothers board games that they had back in the early 90s? But my, my point is that might be part of the problem. 
that yeah, like you're you're you're, you're definitely you're definitely not going to see a lot of crossover with somebody who wants to chainsaw somebody in the face and somebody who wants to sit down and make an actual exactly. Gears of War board game. So, like, if they make the Gears of War board game, I feel like they're marketing that more <clears throat> to people who don't want to sit down in front of a TV and play. They just want to, you know, play the actual <clears throat> cardboard um, and, like, the plastic pieces. And the problem with that is, as the topic we were talking about earlier, you're marketing that to such a smaller vicinity of people than the actual, you know, whole entire video game community that personally loves, you know, Doom or something like that. Right. Okay. That's a fair so, argument. That's that's another argument that I have over it. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Like I said, I have a ton of board games. Um, I haven't played them in a while. I mean, they're from when I was younger and I still have them. But, I mean, I just, over time, I mean, I guess I became one of those people. I mean, I've been thinking about getting back into board games because I, you know, I go to like magic shops and stuff like that. And if there's a card shop called the Games Keep, it's around the corner for me. I, they're literally just that. Tons and t you would probably like the store, Mark. It is hundreds of different types of board games and Magic the Gathering cards. I mean, I'm not a fan of Magic personally, but no, I see but, the but, appeal. But, but, yeah. but, but, but my point is majority of it is board games. Yeah, and it's... it's I mean, to go back to Robert's point, um, while also intersecting with yours, <clears throat> you are probably correct that there is going to be a distinct disconnect between people who want to play an action-oriented game versus people who want to play a board game. But I do think that the Dark Souls game is kind of an interesting cross-reference to that because that game got a lot of publicity when it was initially kickstarted, and Dark Souls generally appeals to a very specific kind of player. You know, uh, the, the kind who, you know, is... is actively looking towards the idea of getting the video game equivalent of a punch in the junk. <laughs> so I think there's a good crossbreeding point as far as a Dark Souls board game goes. And I think that might be a case where we start seeing a significant uptick in visibility for video game themed board games, because that feels like a very strong cross reference of two groups of people who are probably the same person. There is a Dark Souls board game coming out this year, actually. Yep, that's the Kickstarted one. They kickstarted it last year, oh. I believe. Oh, okay. There's, um, I'm waiting for it to come in. Um, like they, They're going to ship it probably sometime in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Nice. Yep. Can't I will let you guys play. know when that comes in, and we'll have to yeah. play it. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know how it is. I bet we'll die within the first 30 seconds of setting up the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's what house rules are for, man. That's I mean, <laughs> maybe maybe I'll be better at the board game than I am at actual Dark Souls. <laughs> Look, you're you're welcome to come out if you ever have free time on a Saturday. <laughs> maybe I will. Just but, depends um, on the Saturday. Fair enough. We can we can work around your schedule. But um. I mean, that's probably all I have as a concept, and I think I think that's probably a, a, as good of a place to get to as we're going to get to. Does anybody have any final thoughts? I mean, no, not really. I just, 
Board games are awesome. Video games are awesome. <laughs> Just have a good time. I kind of agree with you, Mark. I would like to see it explored a lot more, but I think that it needs to be utilized in the uh, the correct or not utilized, but it has to be marketed. Marketed? No, nah, Mar- I can't. Well, the thing, but but yes, because I'm googling games and I'm like, there's no way, you know, this could be a board <clears throat> game, and it's a board game. So it's like, but I had no idea. I don't hear it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody says exactly. anything. It's like, not on gaming news. Nobody's, nobody's marketing or advertising. Hey, you like this? For those who like board games, check out this. Nobody's advertising that. That's a problem. If you want board games to Im- become more popular, one of the best ways you could do that is market it. If you're not marketing it properly, then... Yeah, the small community, that's all that's going to know about it. I had no idea that there was a Dark Souls board game being made. I had no idea. I'd have to literally do what I did and Google Dark Souls board game to find out (laughs) that there was anything even happening. So I just think that that's something that they really should, you know, considering. But it's not just word of mouth. It's got yeah, it's got it's got to be more than that in a in a society where we rely heavily on online marketing. If you're not marketing it properly online, well then that's that's going to be a problem. Yeah, I definitely I definitely feel like um tabletop is doing better than it ever has, but it's still a very insular community. Like tabletop kickstarters are generally funding so long as you have an idea that people want to see brought to life you know like several of the games i have on my shelf were kickstarted you know the teenage mutant ninja turtles board game i have uh ghostbusters uh a study in emerald all you know uh cthulhu wars all kickstarted games that were all funded many times over because tabletop is getting bigger and bigger but it's the same people are investing in those games over and over and over again the dark souls game was the closest that we came to people outside of the tabletop community talking about this because you started seeing gaming magazines, gaming websites talking up this Kickstarter. Like, you know, Kotaku had it on their front page for, like, at different points. Um, You know, like, we talked about it over at GameFan a little bit. Um, A bunch of different places shilled for the tabletop game that was, you know, on Kickstarter. And I think that was, like, the closest to a significant exposure to the idea of tabletop gaming for people who had not been into it that had because existed it's being, in a while. Because it's being marketed on major news, video game news channels that people actually know about. But if you don't, then it's, like you said, it's going to be the same people. Sure, I mean, word of mouth helps a little bit, but it's not going to help enough in regards to the type of growth that, you know, the board game scene would need to see. Yeah, and I, I definitely feel like there's a good crossbreeding there. Like you would definitely see the option for tabletop gaming to like catch on with people who play video games because there's there's a lot more crossover than you would think. I just think that we're not seeing that for one reason or another. And I don't know. I feel like there's definitely a conversation to be had about why that's not happening or what is, you know, or what can be done. Like, I definitely feel like gaming media could probably talk more about it, for example. But on the whole, I just think it's interesting to look and see, like, you know, why isn't this more of a thing? So it's it's like I said, I mean, I don't 
I don't really know that there's an easy solution beyond, like you said, marketing it better. But I, I feel like we've probably gotten about as far with that as we're going to short of, you know, actively actively doing it ourselves or convincing other websites to do it themselves. You know? oh, yeah, I agree. All right. I feel like that is probably about as far conceptually as we are going to go with that discussion. Um, anybody have anything else? I got nothing. All right. Well, that being the case, um, that is my end of my hosting for this evening. Yeah. Uh, I do appreciate you folks putting up with me for the night. Yay. Yay. But um, you can see all of our Twitter handles underneath of our names, except for Roberts, who's in the upper left-hand corner because he's weird. Uh, <laughs> it blends into my shirt. <laughs> Fair. You can feel free to follow us all on Twitter, on our appropriate handles. Uh, make sure to follow the channel here, uh, the GVN Live. Uh, you can also follow Emily's Twitch channel, which is... Twitch.tv slash Jamelian. It's my Twitter handle. Where she will be I don't know. What are you doing right now? I know that you were kind of restructuring your channel for a bit. I'm in the process of still restructuring it, but I will be back soon. Well, that's good to hear. You can also follow Keith on his channel, which I believe is twitch.tv slash thegamerkeith. You got it. Uh, same thing is that I'm still kind of going through the uh, the whole rebranding thing. Or not rebranding, but going through the whole uh, re-conceptual uh, thing. But uh, yeah, eventually I'll dust the uh, cobwebs off and do something. <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell the meantime I'll be at all of your guys' show. Yay! Absolutely. Yay. You can also follow here uh, at GVN Live, uh, or excuse me, the GVN, where Robert does things basically like three, four days out of the week in a lot of cases, including the stuff that he mentioned at the beginning of the show. Or you can follow me on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash markbwriting, because they actually allow us to do fucking name changes on Twitch now, which is the most amazing goddamn thing. Um, <laughs> and where I am currently streaming through Persona 5 every Sunday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's, but, that's uh, pretty fun. You uh, so you're taking advantage of the fact that they've allowed that they've le that they've uh, loosened up on the uh, on the streaming restrictions for the game. I mean, I'm not at the point where I've even hit the first streaming restriction date. So, I'm happy that they announced the second, you know, that they that they loosened it a bit. I suspect by the time I get to that date, uh, they will probably have forgotten about it altogether. <laughs> so, you know. I'm I'm hoping that that will be the case, but yeah, like, I'm just, I'm getting back into streaming, getting back into doing the stuff I used to do little by little. Uh, I have, like, a podcast open and editing that I hope to try and get up this Friday, but I've been hoping to try to get it up this Friday for two weeks now, so, you know, we'll see what happens. Are we still gonna do that podcast? <laughs> Whenever you have time, just let me know. I will. Okay. I will well, I wasn't. Well, I wasn't sure because I know you were taking a break for a, for a while. On nope. it, so. Whenever, whenever you have free time, let me know. All right. Sounds good. But this is Mark B. Writing on behalf of uh, Emily, Keith, and Robert, saying thank you very much, and you folks have a wonderful night. Thank Adios. You. Thank, you. thank you, and I'm hosting the next show. Okay, bye bye. Yay! Yes, that is correct. Emily will be hosting the next show on May fifteenth. Mm -hmm. I will see you then. Peace.